Welcome to the Immigrant Entrepreneurs Show, where our mission is to inspire, influence, and impact other immigrants' entrepreneurs' lives. My guest today is Donnie Minkilo. Donnie, thanks for being here, and thanks for giving us your valuable time. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. I'm excited for this. Same here. So, Donnie, we um, we connected some some time ago, and we or I got to learn more about you without actually knowing all the details about your life. And the more I learned about you, and also about your past, the more I realized how amazing your story is. And obviously, that's one of the reason that, or the main reason that you're here today, because we want to share stories like yourself and this inspire other immigrant entrepreneurs. So, um, yeah, give, give our listeners or viewers a quick idea of who you are. You're obviously now in the U S but where you were born and, um, yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I moved to the U S when I was 16 years old. Um, and I moved to New York area, Westchester County. I went to high school in New Rochelle, college in White Plains, and then we can touch on this in more detail, but I decided to just move around the U.S. I didn't fear anything. I said, you know what, let's just go explore. So I had the opportunity to live in L.A., California, for a couple of years. From there, I ended up in Detroit, Michigan, where I met my wife. Uh, from there, we her dream was to live in Chicago. We ended up in Chicago for a couple of years, and then the cold got us. Mm. <laughs> we're like, oof, <laughs> a little too much for us. <laughs> so we decided to sell everything we had and uh, just go to Costa Rica. Oh, so wow. we were in Costa Rica for uh, a little over four years, and it was an amazing time, amazing, amazing time. We just met so many great people there, people that we could really relate to, you know, and... Um, because of my situation in the U.S., and we'll touch on it a little bit later <laughs> on, um, because of my green card, um, I couldn't stay out of the U.S. for too long. So we made the decision to move back to the U.S. to apply for my citizenship. And then uh, we've been in St. Pete for a little over five years now. Nice. That's amazing. So, okay, it sounds like, you know, it sounds everything like very straightforward and easy and everything was going according to plan. Uh, we'll touch on that. But also when you came here uh, at the age of 16, did you come here on your own? Did, would you speak the language before you moved here? What was it like? Yeah, no. So I didn't speak any English at all. I was on 11th grade at the time and I started ESL in high school. Um, I came by myself, actually. My dad was in the U.S. for a couple of years, so he left us behind in a way, me, my brother, and my mom. Uh, two years later, um, they put me in the plane and said, okay, your turn. So go to the U.S. <laughs> You're next. Yeah, I'm next. I'm ne next in line. So I came by myself, and then four months later, uh, we saved up some more money and then sent it to my mom and my brother, and then they both um, joined us. Uh, in the U.S., in New York. Mm, that's awesome. Okay, so you came here, no English, nothing. You started learning English. And then what was it from there? Would you would you finish school? Did you have any plans to go to college, to study or, or whatsoever? Yeah, my parents were very serious about you have to get education because only one uncle out of my entire family um, had gone to college. Nobody else. My parents didn't go to college. Cousins, nobody had gone to college. So 
being the U.S., they said, you're going to college, mm. you know. So, and I knew I wanted to. Uh, I ended up going to uh, first a community college, Westchester Community College. I uh, was there for a couple of years, played soccer there. Uh, and then I went to Mercy College. Um, it was a great experience. Um, I enjoyed my time. I have a different opinion today mm -hmm. uh, from that experience. <laughs> okay. Okay. So playing soccer, obviously being from Brazil, was becoming a soccer, professional soccer player never an option for you? In my head, it was. Okay. <laughs> I always <laughs> dreamed of being a soccer player. Right. And I was pretty decent at it. Uh -huh. And um, I, my dream was to be a professional soccer player. Mm. I played man just growing up i remember just being by myself and kicking the ball against the wall for hours you know juggling the ball on my own and just like really that was my dream you know mm. i saw ronaldinho ronaldo play romario right you know these mm. guys in 94 bebeto bebeto right you know you know <laughs> yeah tafarel is yes. 94 right? yeah. i mean that was huge for us yeah. and um so for me it was soccer was my life in a way and the first thing i ever did was okay if i'm going to school i gotta play soccer mm. at that school so at the the community college was just community college i actually did pretty well there I, i got a few awards and i ended up getting a scholarship to go to mercy college and play soccer there and it was a great experience man um in la i played for a semi-professional team there mm -hmm. um, and always played in chicago like i always most of my friends because i moved around so much mm -hmm the way I met people was mm. in a way through soccer mm. or through a restaurant that mm. I was working at, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's really That's cool, awesome. it was fun. That's amazing. So, okay, you come here, you, you know, you go, you make your way somehow and then, and then what happens from there? Did you jump a few steps and become an entrepreneur <laughs> or, or what, what, what happened from there? It's a great question. Um, when I came, I came, with a European passport. I'm also Italian. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, so okay. I'm also Italian. Uh, it's expired now, but I am okay. renewing it. I should <laughs> renew it soon. So um, that's how my dad was able to come mm. because they couldn't get a visa just because we didn't have the financials to back it up, right? So we couldn't get a regular U.S. visa. So he, uh, my grand great-grandparents were born in Italy, moved to the U.S. And then when my parents started thinking about moving to the U.S., looking for a better life, right? Because things in Brazil was pretty tough before my dad came. They applied for uh, Italian citizenship. My dad got it. We got it for the whole family. So that's why he came and how he came to the mm. U.S. It was through a, a European passport because you don't need a, at least at the time, I think, I think it's the same now, but at the time he didn't need a visa. All he needed was a European passport and he could stay here for three months. Obviously, he overstayed. I overstayed, and then we'll touch on it a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's how we ended up here. Okay. Yeah. But what what was it for you then? So you 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 went to school and everything, and then did you finish high school? Mm -hmm. And then what did your professional oh yes life looked after that? Yeah. So because we were here illegally, right? Um, finding a job job who's difficult so i always had um delivering pizza jobs waiting tables or busboy or um i was somehow through a friend i got a lifeguarding job which was really cool um but it was never what i wanted to do and then one day i had purchased this coat with a couple of friends we ended up going to this flea market we we had we were big into hip-hop back then and chinchilla coats was the the thing right <laughs> so, i remember that so we went, we went and the 
three of us, we was like, oh, I want that. 250 bucks or 300 bucks. It was, we're, we're feeling like ballers, right? We're right, 17 right. years old. <laughs> we get a, a few, I get one, my two friends get one. And looking back, we never wore the damn thing. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you just sat there. But right? you had it. <laughs> yeah, so after a few months, and this is in 2000, I think, maybe around 2000. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I got to do something with this coat. You know, I spent 300 bucks and everywhere. What do I do? And I had heard about this thing called eBay. And I was like, why don't I just try to list it and see if I can get a few bucks for it, mm -hmm. right? So I listed it. And then I think I got maybe like $150. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So it just, that thing just mm -hmm. sparkled. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can make money online on a computer without having to have a store or like interact with somebody, right? So immediately I was like, what else can I sell? So then I started like looking around my apartment and then I listed, I think two or three other things and he sold. And I was like, oh, I'm hooked. Like I gotta find products. So I started looking online for manufacturers in China. Like I was into sports, soccer, mm -hmm. right? So I was like, well, any type of like sporting goods. So I came across some shoes and some other sporting um, equipment. And I was like, oh, maybe I can do that. So then I ordered a few samples. They arrived a few weeks later. I listed it and then they sold. And I was like, mm. oh, there's something here. So long story short, I started making a decent amount of money on eBay. And that's how my entrepreneurial, you know, life just started mm. was through eBay in around 2000. Wow, that's amazing. So was it also uh, kind of, so because you said you were, you were jobbing around between working in a restaurant and, you know, being a busboy and so on and so forth. By the way, what is a busboy? A busboy? Yeah. Those are the, the young kids that clean up the table. They're not the waiters. Ah, they don't know how to talk to people. Okay. They just come in and, gotcha. clean, and okay. clean the table. Okay. They set up the table, they clean the table. For gotcha. Yep. Okay. All right. So was it also financially something that you had never experienced before? Like, okay, now I sold these things and I just made a couple of hundred of dollars and usually I would have to go and work for this like weeks to get the same amount of money that I earned just within a few clicks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And after the first, the first few items I sold, I bought a, a decent amount. Mm -hmm. I think I bought maybe 500, $800 worth of products. Mm -hmm. Retail was maybe 3000. Mm. So $3,000 for me, it was like several weeks mm. worth of, you know, work. So when I sold the, the whole batch that I had purchased, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm making bank here, mm. you know? So I just decided, kept buying more and more and more. My closet became a storage for all of my shoes and sporting goods and there was no clothes there. And I remember, man, oh wow, you're bringing, me, bringing back memories now for mm. sure. <laughs> just, uh, I had my own little shipping station with the, the tape and the, the, the poly mailers, because I would put the boxes in the poly mailers, and then I would have like 50 boxes that I would load into the car, and I went to the post office, and I actually, at one point, I'm like, ah, I have to bring all these boxes to the front door, and then I ended up talking to the manager, hey, you know, I'm a good customer here, I bring 50 packages, you know, a week, can <laughs> I just have some, you know, VIP here? Uh. So it's like, hey, I just go to the back. There's a box there. All you have to do is just park in the back and then drop it off. Awesome. So, yeah. So after a while, I, was, I would just go to the back and drop off the stuff there. Okay. So, yeah. And then, so, uh, and then did you double down on this business and on this opportunity? And you were like, okay, I've got something here. Let's go on. That's number one question. And did you also, you know, did you have some coaches, classes, 
people that taught you, hey, this is the way it's done? Or was it all by, you know, doing the things and then learning and making mistakes and finding out yourself, basically? Yeah, no, I never had any coaches, at least back then. And I was just the type of person that uh, if I wanted to learn something, I was just going to put in the mm. time. And then I remember my mom coming into the, the room at like 2 a.m. It's like, are you going to go to sleep? You know, it's like, no, I got to mm. figure this out. I got to learn this, you know. So I was just obsessed with it. And I knew I was going to make it work. And every listing that I listed, and like it had to be perfect. Like mm. it had to have all the details. I didn't want to leave anything, any questions. I was like, yep, this is it's going to be the best that it can be with what I know. Mm. So I spent a lot of time just like really focusing on um, creating the best listing on eBay. Because I looked at a lot of different ones, a lot of other people that, you know, sold similar items. And I was like, no, I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make sure that everything is there. So, Okay. So you were basically doing kind of, was it, uh, f from what I'm understanding, was it kind of a drop shipping thing? No, I bought. I okay, you bought like yeah. inventory. I had calls with Chinese people, mm -hmm. video, they would show me products. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I would buy some samples of different shoes. It was mainly shoes at mm -hmm. the time. Not very good shoes, mm -hmm. by the way, and we can touch on it later because I ended up getting in trouble. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, and um, <laughs> I would buy a batch of, I don't know, 50, 60 of them. Mm -hmm. And then at one point I was buying 200, 300, you know, at a time. And these huge boxes would just arrive in my tiny little apartment in New Rochelle, New York. And I would unpack it, check it out, make sure everything looks good, and then clean up the box a little bit and then take pictures. I had a little photography area as well. Took a lot of pictures, listed it, and that was it. So now you need to tell us about the trouble that you got in yourself. So... As we are, as I was looking for new products, and you see, oh, Nike shoes, mm. Reebok shoes, right? And as you can imagine, if you're going to China looking for Nike <laughs> shoes, you find Nick shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and at the time, I knew that, and I think because of the price that I was paying, it wasn't cheap. You know, it mm. wasn't like five dollars. I think I was paying maybe thirty dollars per pair, and I had bought some for myself. I was like, oh, these are good quality. No, they're not. It's not like they're falling apart right away. And so I was like, oh, I think I feel good about selling them. You know, if somebody complains, mm -hmm. refund right away. Like, I don't, no questions asked, you know, no problem. So fast forward a couple of years later, I was actually living in LA. And that was one of the reasons why I felt good about moving is that I was, I was making money, right? Like my girlfriend at the time wanted to go to acting school in LA. I was like, yep, let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm tired of New York. Mm -hmm. I've been here for 10 years. Let's go to, to LA. So we moved to Hollywood. And there, that's when I got greedy and I started buying a lot more mm. stuff from China. A lot, mean, more shoes. a lot more shoes. A lot more shoes, tennis, uh, rackets, golf clubs, golf balls, all sorts of stuff. So I got really greedy. And then, yeah, that caught up for sure. So PayPal blocked my account. eBay oh, wow. blocked my account. They said, uh-uh-uh, you're not selling something uh, mm. that you should be selling here. So I ended up... The, the whole business is completely stopped. And I'm in L.A. by myself. I wow. don't know anybody there. I had never been there. We just drove across the country, me and my girlfriend at the time, packed all of our stuff. We got here. I worked for a couple of weeks. Everything got shut down. And then there I was. I was like, holy shit, what am I going to do now? So what I knew how to do is wait tables. Mm -hmm. So I started looking for bartending jobs, wow. waiting tables, you know. So I ended up uh, finding a job at a staffing company that did events, local events. And again, I lived in Hollywood. 
and this staffing company, Black Tie Events. I'll never forget. It's mm-hmm. just, it was a great, great experience. I just started doing events, and I started just meeting. Imagine Brazilian guy grew up in a farm, mm-hmm. tiny little town, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm in L.A., and I'm serving drinks to Hugh Hefner, wow. or like to famous people, <laughs> right? And it's like, wow, like, that's cool. <laughs> Like, I'm here, you know, right, like, right. shit, like, <laughs> fuck eBay. Like, I'm, I'm here with all I made it. Looking I people. made rich, it. Yeah, rich people, man. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. bartending at different events, um, did Playboy events, mm-hmm. you know, like bartending, our money exchange events in Beverly Hills. Like, it was a really cool experience. A lot of traffic. I drove a lot. Mm-hmm. I was in the car a lot, but it was an amazing experience. Met mm-hmm. a lot of great people. Even though a lot of people talk about LA, like the people there, my experience with the people mm-hmm. that I interacted, it was amazing. It was mm-hmm. really cool. That's awesome. So you went a few steps up in your financial situation and everything, and then you fall down again, mm-hmm. and then now you're, you know, you're climbing up again, and you're doing all these jobs, and... What happened from there? Yeah, so I actually, I through soccer, I, mm. I knew I had to play soccer. So even before I went to LA, I, I was already looking through a meetup group. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up uh, playing, finding a place indoor where I could play. And then um, I'm trying to think how I got into seahorses. So there was like a semi-professional team. And I went and I tried it out. And then the guy was like, yep, come back and start playing. We practice every Thursday. We have games on Saturdays and Sundays. I was like, cool. So I started playing soccer, and one of the guys there, he was a goalie, amazing goalie, by the way. He's still a very good friend of mine. Uh, he owned a furniture business, a wholesale furniture business. And by that time, I had already finished college. I already knew how to build websites. I had been in e-commerce for a while. I sold stuff online. And he was he didn't know much about selling online, but he knew a lot about furniture and importing the products. So he had that knowledge and I had the knowledge of just putting something online. So I was like, why, why don't we partner? It's like, great. Mm. So I started creating listings on Craigslist back then. So I created, I designed a list in HTML, CSS, and like I created a legit listing on Craigslist every day. I would post like 50 times a day, just sectionals, dining sets, beds, right? And then we would go together, just get in the truck. We would sell one. I would answer the phone. They would call up, say, hey, how much is the sectional? What is it made out of? Blah, 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 right? And then we would just get together load up the truck and then go deliver and then we would have a good time whatever the money we made we would go partying at night and <laughs> have a good time <laughs> yeah spend, spend all of it yeah so i mean fast forward of a few months later that business ended up kept just kept growing i built a site for us we ended up uh listing on uh amazon on ebay we started selling quite a bit and then and again to your point right like you start making money and then you get knocked down mm-hmm. you've got to start over very similar thing happened, but in a different way. The product was legit. What ended up happening was freight because we're dealing with such huge mm. products. You have to classify a product in a specific way based on the size, weight, the material of the product. And when I was doing the quotes, because like, oh, there's a sectional, weighs this much, is this price, material, blah, blah, blah. I would put class 300, for example. In fact, it was 500. So the price went from, let's say, cost of $200 to ship to like $700. And they didn't tell us that. So long story short, fast forward, like several months later, they sent us a bill for like $50,000. And they're like, uh, you need to pay this bill because uh, when you were classifying the shipments, they were all wrong. So oh. like you owe us all this money. By that time, I had met somebody and you will f- 
figured out that this is a trend, but I ended up meeting somebody in Vegas and I had just moved to Detroit at that time. So the business was going well. And then as I just uh, had just arrived in Detroit, I ended up, we decided to shut down there because they were suing us. And to this day, I feel so bad for this friend who, amazing guy, like he, I think he forgave me because he's still my friend. Because mm-hmm. in a way, for me, that was my fault. You know, mm-hmm. that I messed up that business for not paying attention to things the way I should have, right? I'm, how old was I? 25 years old, 20, 26. And I had no idea about business. What I thought, I was like, I'm going to make it happen. I don't know. It doesn't matter what it takes. I'll figure it out and I'll put in the work. But I didn't have any training. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anybody to come teach me, right? So we decided to stop that business and then deal with that lawsuit and he was the one in LA so he was the one that had to deal mostly with that so and I was in Detroit at the time so I was like shit like what do I do I felt bad um and then there I was again what do I do I gotta find a fucking waiting (laughs) tables I gotta find a restaurant (laughs) let's go back to what I know let's go back man so I found a job at a Brazilian steakhouse right and then I started waiting tables again uh, until we got to a point, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Like, I'm done with waiting tables. Mm. And then this friend, actually, he came to me and said, hey, you know, I started it online again, and I built this, this website with this tool. It's called Magento, and I'll, we'll, we'll get to it because it's a platform that one of my companies now, we focus on that platform. Mm-hmm. Is that, Sorry to interrupt you, but is that the same furniture partner friend that comes back now with a new idea? The guy you were doing furnitures with, you were selling furnitures. The same guy. Yeah, is uh, that the uh, same guy now, now that comes back to you? Yeah, yeah same your, guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, same okay. guy. Same guy. So yeah, went through all the lawsuit stuff. Comes back and say, hey, you know, I have a new website. Oh. Can you help me? And this mm-hmm. is maybe two or three years after mm-hmm. what had happened. And I saw the website. I saw the platform, and then I was like, oh my god, this is really cool stuff. Like to it's kind of like wordpress mm-hmm. before e-commerce mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of stuff built in mm-hmm. and then as soon as i saw that platform magento i was like oh, i gotta learn this thing mm-hmm. so i just went in like 24 7 like i gotta learn this thing so i became a magento developer and then i started taking on clients he was the first one that mm-hmm. friend you know like he was the one that helped mm-hmm. me again because when i was in la i was by myself you know like nobody he kind of took me in he would pick me up and we'd go practice together we started the business together, right? And then I fucked things up. We kind of, I moved to Detroit. He stayed in LA. We kind of like stopped talking for a while. And then he came to me and said, yep, I have this. Can you help me? I was like, yep, I can help you. So I started learning it. And then I started helping him build the, the site again. He started paying me. And dude, so I'm so grateful for this guy. Like I never really expressed how like, not enough, mm. how grateful I am for his friendship and mm. for what he has done for me. And Nestor, if, you, if you're listening, um, just know that. Nestor, that goes out to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude. Awesome. He's a dear friend. And um, so I started taking on new clients. And then at one point, I'm like, you know what? I'm never going back to the restaurant ever again. I quit. Mm. And, and then I became a developer. And I started taking on clients. And then I started taking on local clients. And then things just started getting a little bit better from there. And then I got into more of the e-commerce again from a development standpoint versus selling the actual product so mm-hmm. helping people create their website create new functionality so they could sell the product okay before we continue i would like to t- touch on something one thing that i hear a lot of uh, successful uh, entrepreneurs talk about 
or they sometimes don't even realize it. But when you dig deeper, then you find actually that there, there was something. There is always almost a pivotal moment in their life that they either emotionally, financially hit rock bottom and they're like enough. Or, you know, they go, I don't know, long way every day back and forth, do some shitty job they don't like, and they're like, enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take this a day longer. Enough is enough. Was there a moment like this for you that you remember? I think there was one of them. But another moment, there was, um, that was a tough time of my life from a personal perspective. I was in Detroit at the time trying to, figure things out i had just met my wife now jackie and i was i had a, a few clients uh at the time for development but my at the time i had a roommate and uh, one day he just walks out to go to his car he notices that our we, we lived in one of those um two-story uh condo mm -hmm. buildings and there's like a bunch of them right mm -hmm. so he walks out and notices that uh the chimney of our neighbor is just like there's a lot of smoke coming out of it right and then he comes back and is like, dude, there's something weird. Like, maybe we should knock on our neighbor's door and see what, what's going on. And knocks on the door. I was like, hey, do you guys have your fireplace on? He's like, yeah, we do. I was like, oh, I mean, there's, I don't know, did you, like, is everything okay? He's like, yeah, everything's fine. Literally within, like, 10 minutes, the entire roof of the building is on fire. Wow. 30 minutes later, the entire building is wow. in flames. Literally in flames. So at that time, I was illegal. Because mm -hmm. I hadn't married my wife at the time. Um, I had my passport in the apartment. I had m everything I owned. Oh computers. God. Everything gone, dude. Wow. Literally everything. All I had was the clothes that I had on. And it was January or February. It was freezing in oh Detroit. We are... The, the fire department and police come, right? They said, you're, you're out of your apartment. You're not going back mm. there. So we had to mm. be outside waiting. And... It's just so vivid in my memory. You're there standing. Uh, everything you've you've bought, you've built, uh, pictures. Mm. My wife and I, we were ready to move in together. So we had bought some pictures from childhood to put in the apartment because mm. we were just going to move into this new apartment and just watch everything just go into flames. Uh. That was another, like, bottom, dude. Uh. That was bottom. Because uh. I had to figure out how am I going to get my passport, my car keys, insurance card, like illegal right so interesting enough so in case somebody goes through this you're here illegally and you need a passport because i don't my birth certificate right literally everything we're not giving advice we're not giving exactly legal advice. advice. we're just sharing donnie's <laughs> donnie's story guys okay don't come after us we're just, we're just yeah. sharing his story yeah <laughs> so if you lose everything and right. you need some sort of id right because I'm from Brazil, born mm -hmm. in Brazil. I needed something in order to go to my bank to get a new card. Like right? Proof of identity, identity, basically. Yes. Some sort mm -hmm. of. So they said, where's your birth certificate? Where is this? I was like, I don't have it. Literally, it's in fire. It's in, you know, it's ashes now. So they said, you have to bring two friends mm -hmm. to say that you are who you are. And then we'll give you an ID. With that ID and the, this letter, you can go get a passport and mm -hmm. then you can continue on. So there's the whole process, you know, is just very humbling, you know, mm -hmm. to lose everything and then people come to donate clothes right because you're like i don't want to take clothes from people or mm -hmm. money from people but going through that process wow. was just like wow wow i have to, i there's i have to accept mm -hmm. because being in the situation mm -hmm. sucks there's no other way there's out no of way. it yeah so um jackie had some roommates they 
took me in it was just these people are amazing people um i lived with them for for a while they put up a um gofundme page uh they helped me a lot to get a computer so i mm. could work continue to make money right because mm. everything is gone now uh with my clients um i got some clothes for the time being people donated money so i could buy some other clothes for me right mm. um but that was like that was like wow how how much wow. lower can it get like wow. how can i <laughs> can it get any worse you know can i get can i lose anything else yeah. that i don't have is that, yeah is wow. anything else you know so but that from a personal perspective mm. that was very very difficult mm. um, and then to you, your point earlier from an entrepreneur perspective i think like we all go through that point where we say enough is enough mm. i'm not going to do this any longer and i will make it happen you mm-hmm. know and i think that there's just something inside of us that will just like push you through whatever whatever it's in front of you you will figure mm. it out you know and um that was definitely one moment because i've i've i think we all have gone through ups and downs right and you've hit pretty low a few times in life um but there's definitely those moments where you're like shit like i'm not going to live mm. this way no longer you know right right wow yeah thanks for sharing that man yeah, yeah. Sure. so okay and then from from there then we go back to nestor mm-hmm. okay so now you're building this site for nestor you mm-hmm. build it and you're like okay this magenta thing is interesting mm-hmm. you go you go all in you learn all about it and then what happens from there yeah so i started getting more clients i get a a, a job as um i what's the word i made the title a little bit better than it really was director of e-commerce <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh the company was called bargain club and it was kind of like a um um uh kohl's type of style kohl's like a lot of clothing a okay. lot of home goods right mm-hmm. so i was responsible for taking all this overstock stuff that they bought from big uh box stores mm. they brought it in they sorted it right and they wanted to sell online um, like resell it yeah yeah resell okay. it yeah so um i created the whole e-commerce department in a way mm. like the the photography area the shipping area you know the fulfillment and so from there um it was great great experience because i built something from for this company right mm. that didn't exist so it was a great experience for me um i because of that experience and we wanted to leave detroit we decided okay let's start looking for jobs in chicago and then i ended up getting a job related to magento to manage this guy's website and e-commerce shoe they sold mm. shoes again <laughs> so i was like yeah i have a lot of experience with shoes <laughs> so um yeah i got a job in chicago for this shoe company they had seven or eight locations throughout chicago great experience again um but yeah that's like just i kept evolving this e-commerce web development mm-hmm. career that i had uh and then i came across upwork started getting more mm-hmm. work and the thought of let's just sell everything that we had uh and move to costa rica so i had to leave that job so i started um taking on jobs on upwork and um that's how we were able to just like just work remotely So I had two or three main clients at the time and we we're like, yeah, I think we can live off of a few thousand dollars a month. Right. Um my wife tried to quit. The owner said, "No, you don't have to quit. Just, you know, keep your job." So we moved and then we just kept working wow. and it kept growing. And then fast forward a few months later, we decided to make this freelance thing more uh concrete and in a actual company. So mm-hmm. we flew to Miami, opened up a bank account and mm-hmm. Pineapple Development was born. 
Wow, yeah. amazing. So you guys went to Costa Rica, still working like it was like a freelance job mm -hmm. thing and then making a living there. And then you came back to Miami and you were like, okay, now we have like an official business, you know, registered agency. And then what was your goal with the agency? Was it just something that you guys were like, you know, we will have this agency, it's the two of us. Or was it something like, no, we already know that we're going to make a business out of this agency? Yeah, I mean, we didn't know anything, right? We're like, yeah, we're going to make this happen. So let's put a name to it, continue with our clients, figure out a way to get more clients. Mm -hmm. My wife at the time, she was the correspondent for a magazine. Uh, it was called International Living Magazine. She's a writer. And she would interview business owners, people that retire there, just to write pieces on what it's like to live in Costa Rica, what it's like to retire or to open a business in Costa Rica. And she wasn't very happy with that job. And then that's how we decided, you know what? Actually, this is very important to bring up. The reason why is that her mom had recently just passed away. They came over to visit us. And she didn't know, but she had stage four cancer. She came to visit us for Christmas. And um, she just, we were in Cuba for New Year's and we got a call saying that she was airlifted to the hospital. Long story short, two months later, she passed away. Wow. So she struggled for a long, long time, didn't like the job, decides to do ayahuasca. Ah. So there was a very close friend of ours that worked at a, uh, a center in, um, by the way, shout out to Rhythmia, a very cool place there if you want to do ayahuasca. Have uh, you done ayahuasca? I have. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. So she did it first and then I so did if, So if anyone doesn't know what ayahuasca is, it's a plant medicine. Correct. You can tell, tell us more about it maybe. Yeah. So she decides to do it. And after she came back, she said it was the most transform transformative experience of wow. her life. So in, in short, um, she became a lot more okay with her mom passing. Mm -hmm. She had been struggling for several months. And that's how she had the idea of pineapple development. She just came to me and said, okay. We're making this a real business. We're going to put a name to it. We're going to open a bank account. We're going to work together. And this is how it's going to happen. And I was like, all right, then. Okay, this is what we're going to do. So that's how we ended up uh, starting Pineapple Development. After she told me this, I'm like, oh, I got to experience this thing mm -hmm. too, you know. Mm -hmm. So two weeks later, I went and I did it. And it was it was amazing, dude. It's definitely, um, I don't know if you've ever had mushrooms. But um, in a way... <laughs> It's a somewhat similar experience, at least it was for me, where you definitely see visuals, mm -hmm. but you also realize things that you don't think about from a physical world mm -hmm. that we live in. But I guess the best way for me to describe it was I had the feeling that everything that i do and even the i still remember as i'm laying there as i move my arms like this i could almost see the ripple effect that i have on other people so whatever i do i say you know however i react like this will have some sort of effect because we're all connected through this call it energy mm -hmm. call it whatever right but it felt like i was under the ocean where if i did this mm -hmm. something would just go and touch you you know what i mean yeah. so in that was a huge realization because like everything I do, I say, you know, it will have some sort of impact. Mm. So why not do the right thing? Why not do good? Mm -hmm. So you can impact someone else from in a positive way, you know? So ayahuasca was just, it was amazing. And I know many, many people 
uh, it's funny because actually Jackie did ayahuasca with Bobby Brown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. With Ke Kelly Slater. Oh, wow. Like, these guys are at the same place, Arrhythmia, and she did it together. They were laying next to each oh, other. Oh, wow, that's Kelly amazing, Slater, man. Dude, she didn't even know who Kelly was. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was playing ukulele, and then Nicole, our, our close friend, she was like, do you know who that guy is? <laughs> no, I have no idea. It's like, oh, she, he is just the most famous surfer of, of all time, you know? Uh, yeah, so, no, that was a great experience, man. It was, it was amazing. I recommend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then you, you, you guys start with the agency and, you know, you, you have jobs now and you get to, you get to make a living. And, and then um, I wonder about, did you guys see it growing like organically or was it something that you had plans on? Okay, we're going to go all in in this and we're going to, you know, make a business plan and make the next steps and how we're going we're going to go from two men to this size and this size what what did that look like we had a very uh, rapid growth in the beginning which was very exciting but then after you hit a certain point mm -hmm. it like war the universe right brings you back mm -hmm. it's like ah it's really not that it's not that simple or that mm -hmm. easy right like there were a few contracts that we ended up signing. Like again, the my style of um, of um, entrepreneurial, like the way I operate is like I will do whatever it takes to make it happen, right? So like I was applying to jobs twenty four seven every day, talking to people, you know, and uh, we ended up getting a couple of big projects, and we grew very fast. But then once those projects were gone, it was like, uh oh. What, what now? now? Yeah, what now? now? Right. So that agency, we had big up, like very, very high highs and then low lows and then high highs and low lows. And we're like trying to figure this out, right? The good thing at the time is that we were living in Costa Rica. So the cost of living mm. there, very, very low, right? Compared to here. It's actually the most expensive country in Central America, the most uh, advanced in a mm -hmm. way. But um, it, it, was, um, it, it was fine for us, even though it was very stressful. The financial piece of it, it wasn't, super stressful because all we needed was maybe three thousand dollars a month to mm. live you know um so that was um very interesting experience with pineapple development and we did that for for a while for many years until we came back to oh, to the u.s mm -hmm. moved to st Pete, um struggled for a while try to figure things out uh and then the cleaning company like the opportunity came and uh, we can touch on that. Mm -hmm. But um, that's how I ended up with my second company mm -hmm. after we moved here and we had some cleaners to clean our homes. We started talking to them, asking them questions. And then one day they're like, oh, good news and bad news. We're, we're leaving. We're not going to clean for you any longer. Um, but good news is that I already have someone else. So in my mind, my technology background, my, you know, entrepreneurial, I was like, oh, maybe I can just like take all these clients they have, find a couple of people to clean, implement some systems, some software, right? And then uh, it'll be easy breezy. So it was definitely not easy breezy. Mm -hmm. Definitely not easy breezy. But we were able to, you know, just start myself with two cleaners and uh, 24 or 27 recurring clients. We were doing, they were doing, and then I took over about $7,000 a month in cleaning. And fast forward to today, if, you know, four years later, um, we're doing almost $100,000 a month mm. uh, with a team of about 20 people, including admin, 
and I'm fairly hands off. You know, mm-hmm. I have an amazing team all over the not all, not all over the world because um, most of them are in Brazil. Have three people in Brazil and two people in India mm. that manage the day to day operations. Um, but yeah, it's an it's been an amazing journey for sure. And you had no idea, I guess you had no idea about owning or running a cleaning company, right? No, not at all. Okay, so that's uh, we're going to touch on that uh, in a second. But what I also see when I'm listening to your story, I realize there was always a pivotal moment, a, you know, a, I would not call it a breaking point, but somewhere that you were, you, you somehow got stuck and then you always somehow shifted shifted to the next opportunity you were like okay you know you always saw the challenges also as a door that was opening or maybe you pushed also you know you some somehow pushed the door open yourself and you were like okay this thing is not working but i'm gonna i'm gonna create out of that an opportunity for myself and this is something that i'm seeing seeing actually through entrepreneurs that are successful they don't see challenges as kind of a setback maybe maybe they see it in a short moment as a setback but then they get up you know they get up they they motivate themselves whatever however it is and they keep pushing through and moving forward you know Um, tell us please a little bit about that because i believe there is someone out there who needs to hear that and also hear that, hey, if you get a setback, if you're facing challenges, it's not the end of the world. There is always another door that opens or you can push through and open it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. That's a very valid and interesting and so true, like the great points. Um, because from my experience, I noticed that whenever I got comfortable, that's mm. when shit started to happen and like things started going mm. down, right? So looking at it as these challenges as a way to reset or to really recalibrate and start looking at whatever you're doing in a different way and see the opportunities, right? Because I think those are the moments that the opportunities show up. Um, like it's so important. And being comfortable, I truly believe, is, is just it's a recipe for disaster because the... When you get comfortable, you go into this um, routine or day-to-day or that you're not improving. Mm. You're just doing the same thing over and over again, right? You're not you're growing. Not, you're not growing. You're not learning. You're not meeting new people. You're not doing any of that. Mm. And then the universe somehow has a way to just say, hey, dude, wake up. You know, like you have more, mm. more work to do and you can grow way more than what you've done so far. Mm. So sometimes things have to be taken away for you to have that realization and be like, yep, okay, um, let me push through. And somehow you're able to just figure it out, push through, and, and do even better than the way you were doing things before. Mm. I think a, a lot of times for me that I, um, the all the instances that I had to like restart, I think the fact that I, one, came from brazil had a huge move right moved to a different country mm-hmm. new language right and then moving from new york to la like all the different places that i ended up going and moving to that i had never been for me it was so important to be 
uncomfortable in that place, learn where the mm -hmm. grocery store was, learn mm -hmm. how to do things in that mm -hmm. place, meet new people, right? It's such an uncomfortable place to just like, who are you? Like, oh, I don't know anybody here. I need to make friends. I need to interact with people. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, so those are so helpful uh, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. I think like people should get out of their comfort zone, move to a different place, whether it is a different country or across the country or to a different city, um, because those are, those are going to help you a lot mm -hmm. dealing with those difficult moments because they're going to come. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, one thing that I have realized also among immigrant entrepreneurs, but also immigrants, is that when you're an immigrant, you're somehow also the underdog. Mm -hmm. You know, when you come to a new place, you don't speak the language, you don't look, oftentimes, you don't, depending on where you go, you don't look like anyone else and, and so on and so forth. Now you're, you're the underdog. Now you have to prove yourself that you're whatever, you're capable of doing whatever you promise people to do. And also, which again, means like you have to go after it. There is no time to rest. There is no time to, you know, take it easy <laughs> and see what life brings. No, you have to go after, you have to literally make it happen, right? Is that something you can resonate with? A hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. I think because... Even the language, right? Because like when you think about it, when you first move here, and I've been here for many years now, so it's definitely more natural, you know, speaking mm -hmm. the language, but you have to work so hard from just a language perspective where if you want to communicate, if you want to sell somebody on a project, you have to have some sort of negotiation, negoci negotiation skills, mm -hmm. right? But now it's in a different language. Mm -hmm. So you have to work at it. So the fact that you have to work at it is just, it's a great experience to go through the process because that going through the process of, oh, I have to learn this and it's more difficult than for other people that already speak the language. You can take that and apply to other things. Like, oh, I, ne I need to learn this? No problem, I've done it, it's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. So 100%, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're gonna now go circle back to the agency and the cleaning company. You know, you were seeing this opportunity somehow without having a clue about the business, about the industry. I also believe that you need some sort of confidence to tell yourself, hey, you know what? I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to figure it out and I know I can do it. Where, where, where did that confidence come from? Mm. I think because, I think just coming from a different country and just being here, you know, making it, like you made it, you're mm. here, right? You found a job, you made friends, you went to college, like those things are, are huge, you know, and some people take it for granted, but I think it's, uh, remind yourselves of that, right? That's a huge accomplishment already. And um, the fact that you go through these things, you should give you enough confidence that you can do anything. And I think for me, I didn't know anything about cleaning. Mm. What I knew about cleaning was actually taking my mom or helping her a few times mm. when I took her to clean <laughs> other people's homes. Mm. American people, right? Oh, wow. Because back then, I used to didn't have a license. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a license either, but I drove. <laughs> so I would drive her mm. to someone's house f so she could clean, and then I would just go pick her up after high school, right? After. So that's what I knew about cleaning. But I just knew from previous experience, right? And this is, again, this is five years ago, so I'm already in my 30s, and I've already gone through the fire, a lot of different things, and I made it. 
Mm. You know, I lived in LA, I lived in Chicago, I lived in Costa Rica. So I've made it. Like I've I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm well. So what's the worst that can happen? Maybe I'll fail and I'll start over again, right? So for me, it was never like a question if I could do it. I knew I was going to be able to do it. And um, I think over time, the more you do it, the more confident you get, right? And then you have more resources. You learn, okay, if I don't know this, I can go here. Mm. I can pay for this person to have done it, which I did a couple of years into it, which completely changed the business because um, go to conferences, right? Mm. Talk to people that have done it. Mm. So you don't have to keep hitting your head on a wall mm. and like learn the hard way or the long way. You can just go and like, oh, this is the way to do it. Oh my God, like mm. why didn't I do that before, right? So, yeah. But it's again, you know, it goes back again to growing. Like now you're paying these people, you're going to these conferences, you're paying for the conferences. It's also the money that you you could, you could take and go on a nice vacation <laughs> with your family. No, you're investing it in yourself and in your business and betting on your future because there is something that you believe in you're capable of creating, right? And I also believe that when, you know, when things start growing, there is also more responsibility towards your customers, towards your, of course, first and foremost, yourself and your family. But outside of that, now you have a team to feed, mm -hmm. right? Now you have employees, They em these employees have families that rely on them. Now it becomes something, something bigger than, you know, there is no way, there is no way to just sit back and relax and see how things might go or not might go. Mm -hmm. I think you start operating at a different level, mm -hmm. you know? I think after a while, you just like, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. Like there is no being lazy, waking up late. There's none of that anymore because you've almost like, to your point, there's people that depend on you. There's people that depend on that money, depend on the job, mm -hmm. right? And the responsibility is, you know, it's funny because when we first got the cleaning business, our goal was to have six cleaners. Like mm -hmm. that's all I was like, why don't we just have this as a side thing, make a few extra, a few extra bucks, right? Have six people and then that's it. And then Jackie and I, my wife and I, we always like look back and we're like, oh my God, like our first, it's funny because we were talking about this a couple of days ago, we we're getting ready to do our Christmas party. Mm -hmm. Our first Christmas party, it was me, Jackie, and two of the girls that cleaned for us and their husbands and kids. Mm -hmm. So it was six of us. This year, we're going to have 26 or 28 people wow. in the Christmas party, right? Like, mm. how cool is that? Mm. You know, it's amazing. Mm. So um, I think you just start doing things differently because you go through the process, right, mm. of one employee, two employees, and then you realize, oh, my God, I have 10 people mm. that depend on this job, and then 15, and then 20. Uh, and then it's just it becomes who you are. Mm. And then you just operate at that level as a day-to-day. -day. It's just mm. how it is. Mm. So I know you're 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 looking into buying and growing buying other companies and also growing your cleaning business. So tell us more about that, you know. Um I would what what was the mindset shift? Mindset shift that told you or you realized, hey, instead of hiring more employees and you know just bringing them all now I can acquire other businesses mm. and just, you know, just instead of going step by step, I can go from step one or step five in your case to step 10. Mm -hmm. You know, I just can skip, skip the line and, and, and do it 
the way the big guys do it mm-hmm. actually yeah. that's how that's how the big guys do it right yeah. so tell us more about that you know it's funny so let's go back to Costa Rica mm-hmm. I think it it started there where we just had started pineapple development and I wanted to start this other website for immigrants that lived outside the US and I remember walking our dog and and my wife we were walking and then we were kind of having an argument and I remember so vividly and I said I'm going to own several businesses one day so please don't give me a hard time about like how much I work mm-hmm. right I just remember that wow. and you just don't know how it's going to happen I think like if you put it out there mm-hmm. like something will happen right so fast forward a few years later and this is we already in St. Pete I already own the cleaning business I own pineapple development and I'm just like what's next in life right like the the, the business is growing but like I I there's there's got to be something else out there I'm part of a, a couple of masterminds which has been amazing and I come across Alex Hermosi mm-hmm. and I started watching uh his stuff and then he made me realize how small I was dreaming mm-hmm. in terms of what I'm what I'm anybody's capable of not just myself right because i think anybody can achieve anything you put your mind into it and then he started talking about oh i make this much money i sold my company for this and a million dollars a month and this and that and i'm like whoa like i thought building a million dollar company was cool you know mm. and i'm like oh my god this is so small what what am i doing here you know so i started looking more into what he was doing came across Cody Sanchez came across Roland Frazier mm-hmm. and then the acquiring businesses and i'm like oh my god it's so much easier to just like buy a business instead mm-hmm. of keep growing and take years to to grow and the bigger you get the more difficult it is right the mm-hmm. growth slows down a little bit right it's just just the way it is so i started doing some more research and then i was like that's what i want to do like after i went to that event um in san diego with epic with roland i just had the feeling of and i had been to several um conferences in the past and you know the fe- when you're like you've been to a conference for 2 3 or 4 days and you're like oh my god i'm very very mm. tired like it's just so much information great but i'm just depleted right after that event i was like shit i don't want to leave mm. like i want to know more like how these people operate what they do right So for me I was hooked. I was like this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to acquire businesses and that's the way like I'm going to get. I'm going to achieve my goals, you know. Um so yeah, that's what I've been doing, just looking for commercial cleaning businesses. Uh several conversations. Um I'm about to put an LOI next week on a on a 5 close to 5 million dollar commercial cleaning nice. business. Uh there's a couple other ones that are in the works. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when mm-hmm. I just know it's going to happen. Dude, know? I have mm-hmm. zero doubt that this is not going to happen. I I'm 100% confident mm-hmm. that this is going to happen and I already see you and I'm not saying this because you're in front of me. I see, I I I'm telling you this because I've, you know, it's not a secret. We were we were in a in a negotiation and we were actually um pretty much pretty much, you know, further in in negotiation we were we were looking at buying a business together and the way you see things the way you structure things i have zero doubt about your future whatever you you are 100% capable of it Thank seriously i mean it i'm not i'm not you know i'm not pleasing you or whatsoever i mean it literally honestly it is the way i see you so but this being said obviously you are now where you are you know you have a you have uh, seven figure businesses and doing doing amazing things also for for you know for your employees and customers 
and you know how hard it is. Now you know how hard it is. When you started and when you, you know, when you were thinking or not thinking about, when you were in the beginning days, early, early days, if somebody would have told you how hard it is and if you knew how hard it's going to get, do you think you would have started what you did? Mm. I never thought about that question. I think I want to say yes, I would have started it just because I think um, the idea, and again, we're talking about in the beginning, right? The idea of owning a business and having employees was so exciting. Um, so I think I would have started it. Um, but even if somebody was telling me how hard, I don't think I would be able to conceptualize how hard it actually is until you're in it, mm -hmm. until you're having the difficult mm -hmm. conversations, right? So I think... Um, People today might hear how hard it is, uh, and I hope it doesn't discourage them. It just prepares them for what's coming because mm -hmm. it will get difficult, right? When people talk about blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. it's literally true. You will sweat. You will cut your finger. You will do something, blood, mm -hmm. and you will cry, <laughs> especially if you have a loved one. You're doing going through this together, mm -hmm. right? You will cry. Like, mm -hmm. it's just a fact, so uh, for me, I think, yes, I would have gone through it. Um, but I think you learn along the way the hardship of entrepreneurship. And you can get through it. Like mm -hmm. if your end goal, if like your purpose is bigger than that conversation or that, you know, which is so small in the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things, you know, it's bigger, you will get through it. Mm. I also believe it's, it's also about your why. I don't think you already should know your why when you get started. Mm -hmm. But as you go, I also believe you will find out and you will figure out your why and your purpose. And then at some point you realize, hey, I just got to go. Mm -hmm. there, is no, there is no turning point. You know, I have to go this. I have to do that. I also believe that or, you know, we, we talked a lot about the challenges, the hardships, the the lows that came with it or that you experienced or we all experienced. Let's also talk just a little bit about the rewards that you get mm -hmm. because it's so rewarding. If it was not rewarding, we wouldn't, none of us would do it, right? So because it is so rewarding, I also believe that it's important to talk about the rewards, to talk about all the joy and fulfillment that we get from what we do. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a that just a little bit. Absolutely, man. This is this is why we do what we do, right? And one for me, like a perfect example of this, and like what entrepreneurship can give you, right? The <laughs> let me say this carefully because like, I don't want people to mistake when I say time freedom, right? Because you you will work hard, mm -hmm. especially in the beginning. You will work nights, weekends, no matter what time things will come up, right? But for me to be able to take two months off when my daughter was born mm -hmm. and like to know that I have an amazing team, the business is there. It's just, for me, it's mm. the best. It's like, priceless. It's priceless, mm -hmm. you know? Like I know that I put in the hard work for so many years to be able to say, you know what, I'm taking some time off. Mm. I'm gonna enjoy my time. Even though I caught myself a few times, you know, getting on a, a, a couple calls mm -hmm. here and there, like I, I was able to do that where a lot of times people just don't have don't have that right they have to go back to work and you know and also to be able 
my wife and I, we, you know, we like to say we're a little bit different in the way that we live life, but I think there's a lot of people that live similar to mm-hmm. us, right? Like special entrepreneurs. But to have the ability to have my wife stay home with our daughter for over a year now, right? And not have to work, for mm-hmm. example. That's amazing. Like I would so much rather have my mm-hmm. wife take care of my daughter in the first couple of years of her life than have someone else. Again, there's nothing wrong with it, right? If your situation requires that and it is what it is. But for me to be able to have the ability of having my wife stay home, spend the time with with our daughter, right? Have things done in the house and like be there for us to support me, you know, in all the things that I do is is priceless. Mm-hmm. Like I think um to to see people even like to see people flourish in their own lives, right? To give them a job right people that we have in brazil in india you know like to have a job working for a company in the us and to make good money right mm. that's so rewarding so rewarding um but yeah the the time the ability that you have even though you want to work right i think it's just who we are we yeah. just want to work and we want to improve you want to grow the companies you want to you know always get better when you need you can take the time mm. and just like let me recharge mm. and that's amazing that's freedom you mm. know like to be your own boss mm. to and sometimes you can be your worst boss right, right. it's just how right. it is but to be able to make that decision on your own without anyone telling you mm. that's amazing i also feel like although it often feels like we're not in control but you definitely as an entrepreneur have way more control over your life and also can create the life that you want you know I call it life by design. Mm-hmm. You know, you can design the life that you want. Of course, it's it has its price. You have to sacrifice a lot of things, but you get to create the life that you desire and want, you know. Absolutely. So, if you could go back in time and tell yourself 20 years ago, 30 years ago, give yourself an advice you know because when we when we get through all these challenges that we get through and i'm not saying <laughs> it has it has ended no more challenges will come there will always be challenges right as long as we as we live what advice would you give the donny that started back then hmm. what would you tell donny with what you know and what you experience hmm. today for me i think because of hit low a few times in life and at the time when you are in that situation it's shitty mm. it's hard mm. and you just like where do i go from here like you think like there's i cannot go any lower than this right because you mm. lost everything you broke up with whatever girlfriend you're, you're you're with and you're by yourself in a in the area of the country that you don't know anyone the people that you know is through that person mm. right and you just don't see a way out i think what i would tell myself myself back then because i struggled a lot like through these like hard moments i i didn't know what i was going to do mm. i would tell myself keep going because it's temporary it is temporary mm. and these situations are teaching you mm. lessons that you don't realize now but later on the person you will become because of these hardships because of the fire because of the businesses that failed because of all of these shitty moments you will be a much better person mm. and much stronger much more confident you know so be patient get through it and mm. just keep moving forward that's awesome and well said i also believe that life is testing you 
are you prepared now you know now you are handling maybe two employees and if you're not if you're not ready to get over this if you're not willing to overcome these challenges how are you gonna are you gonna take care of a team of employees of 20 you know yeah. of 200 of 2000 whatever that number might be but if you're not if you're not capable of handling those small challenges how are you how you uh, are you going to deal with the big ones mm -hmm. you know i always believe that life is preparing us for the next bigger yes. challenge responsibility whatever whatever we call it so um thank you man you're thank you yeah. thank you and one one thing i want to say to you is i know i don't have to ask you i know when you were driving around without a license bringing your mom to you know to cleaning other people's home i know that you had you would have never dreamed of who you are today and how you you know how you operate and who you just became through all the challenges and let let me tell you one thing your i know your mom is not physically here with you anymore but trust me She's connected and she's proud of who you are today. Thank you. And for all the things that you do, thanks for coming over, giving us your time. I know how, how busy you are, but people like you, man, people like you are the ones that change this world and make an impact on other people like immigrant entrepreneurs who are about to, to do or do what, what they do and it's hard and they need to hear your stories. So thanks for being here, man. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you, brother.